Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. chuckle at this gospel reading. I don't know. I don't think St. John meant it to be funny, but it does sound like a scene from The Princess Bride, really. Uh, and it just makes me laugh every time I hear it. Um, you know, it's like the, it's, it's not just, uh, you, you know, I don't think you think this means what you think it means, but it's also the whole Sicilian, uh, you know, dialogue as well. Um, In a little while you will see me no more, and after a little while you will see me, and there, what's he talking about in a little while? What's he mean by a little while? What's a little while? And they keep repeating it. John says, what's the meaning of this, a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. And um, Jesus sees that they are confused, and so he begins to elucidate. In a little while you will not see me, and you will weep, and you'll be sad. You'll be in mental anguish, is what the word is there. But the world will rejoice. You'll be sad because I'm gone. They will rejoice because I'm gone. But shortly after, your sadness will be turned to joy. Jesus, of course, is preparing his disciples for his crucifixion when he will be taken away from them in death. And they will weep and they will wail and they will be in anguish and sorrow when he dies. But he will return to them very shortly in the resurrection and their sadness will be turned to joy. And he says no one will take their joy from them. There's also a double meaning in all of this, as there always is with John. There's usually a triple or quadruple meaning with John. Uh, He's also taken away in the ascension. We'll get to that in a moment. So uh, when that happens, they still have their joy, but they also get some sadness too. Okay. Anyway, the discussion continues a few verses, and the last thing he says in this pericope, in this little particular uh, teaching, before he moves on to something different, he says, in this world you will have trouble and suffering, but be of good cheer, or be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. So this is what he's preparing for. This is what's going to happen over the next few days for his disciples. He's going to leave them in death, and they will... Weep and wail and be in anguish. He'll come back in the resurrection. They will be elated with immeasurable joy. He will then go, a, get, go away again to the Father in the ascension and send them out into the world. Uh, and they will be back to a state of suffering, but they will still have the joy while they're going through the trouble and the suffering. And no one can take that joy from them. So we go from pure anguish to utter joy to joy pressing its way through a life of suffering. That's what he's preparing them for in this passage, and that's why it lands here in the Paschal Tide as we are coming up to the Ascension. Now, while Jesus is trying to help his disciples to understand this, in the middle of this discussion, he tells them a very short little parable. It's very unusual. I think it's the only instance in John's Gospel where he utters a parable like this, this short, very short parable. He says in verse 21, 
The woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow, because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Okay. You should recognize immediately, and you should already guess because we are in John's Gospel, that this is not just, you know, a simple random illustration or a generic parable about some undistinguished woman and child and the experience women go through in childbirth and how, you know, that experience can maybe be compared to what the disciples are about to go to, through. That is not what this parable means. <laughs> There's much more to it than that. This parable is a very particular reference to a very particular woman and human being, which she bore. Now, I don't know why, but in just about every translation, not all, every translation it says, a woman, a woman when she is in labor. But that is not what it says. It is, is most certainly the definite article, the woman. That's what it says in the Greek. The woman when she is in labor. This is a parable about the woman, and it is a parable about the human being that she bore. In John's Gospel, the woman shows up at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, in chapter 2, his first miracle at Cana. In fact, the story, his very, this is the beginning of his ministry, the first miracle, the manifestation of his glory, and the story you know, the protagonist at the beginning, the story begins with her. And she initiates all the action in the story. Jesus actually is passive in the way John tells the story. She's the initiator. And the story, as usual with John's gospel, is rife with symbolic language. It was the third day, and the mother of Jesus was there. That's how it begins. When she presents the problem to Jesus, he says to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Woman, my hour has not yet come. So the woman who initiates things at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, the woman is also prominently present at the very end as he is about to leave this world and pronounce it all finished and complete. We see her again in John Chapter 19, standing there at the foot of the cross. This time she is passive, utterly passive. She doesn't cry, she doesn't weep, she doesn't speak. She's just there. And it is Jesus who initiates. Why? Because his hour has come, as he has told us. His first encounter with the woman she initiated, it was not his hour. In this finer encounter with the woman... It is the dying Lord who initiates with the woman because his hour has come. His hour, of course, is his death, which he also refers to as his glorification. While he's hanging there in agony, John says, Jesus sees his mother and the disciple whom he loved. And Jesus spoke to her and said, Woman, behold your son. And to the disciple, behold your mother. We have these two really important scenes with the woman, both at the beginning uh, of Jesus' ministry, when it was not his hour, and at the end, 
of his earthly sojourn when it was his hour. Very quick aside, the same apostle, evangelist John, also presents the woman at the very, very end in his apocalypse. You remember? There she is, clothed with the sun. She cries out in pain and gives birth to a male child, which the dragon is awaiting, trying to devour and destroy, but the child is caught up to God and to the throne. Sort of completes his whole narrative of the woman. All that being said, let's take a little closer look at our parable in our gospel. In this parable that Jesus tells, uh, the beginning woman uh, scene at Cana and the ending woman scene at the cross actually merge together. They both merge together in this tiny little parable here in John 16. They're sort of resolved in this little mini parable. In our parable today, the woman's hour has come. Just like Jesus' hour had come at the cross. And she is in anguish. Now this is interesting. Jesus uses the same word here, anguish, to describe what she's going through as he does in the previous verse when he says the disciples will be in anguish or sad when he is taken from them. This word is, is most certainly not the word that is used for the pain a woman goes through in childbirth. This word is strictly used for a mental anguish or sadness brought on by suffering and, and tragedy and death especially, not the suffering from physical pain. Jesus is here comparing the travail of birth to the anguish that one experiences at death. He's tying her anguish using the same description as the anguish the disciples will feel when Jesus dies. He's comparing here the birth of the human being to death. He's calling it death. Or passing through death, because we know that when the human being comes into the world, the anguish will vanish and will be replaced by joy. So the travail of the birth is actually death. And the birth itself is actually the resurrection in this parable. Another telltale that this is not just a generic illustration is the phrase coming into the world, the human being coming into the world. This is a very common Johannian phrase which Jesus uses repeatedly in this gospel to describe himself coming into the world, the human being coming into the world. So at face value, the parable does describe the disciples' experience when Jesus dies and then returns in his resurrection. But as is typical with John, there's a lot more going on here. This parable is truly of the woman, and the child is the human being, and the hour that has come for the woman depicts the hour that has come for Jesus' death, not birth, in fact. But the death that Christ dies... And the death that he calls us to die is our birth. <laughs> it is our new birth. That's the point of the parable. A holy death. A sacrificial death. A death to self that he calls us to is the birth of the human being. In other words, the tomb is the womb. We go down into the font, which is the tomb. We go into the font into the death of Christ 
the grave. We enter the grave with Christ. And the old man dies with Christ. And we are born again. We come up out of the tomb. And it becomes a womb. A womb of the woman. Our mother. The church. Who is personified in the Blessed Virgin Mary. The woman is both. Ultimately, the woman is the church who is also personified in the Blessed Virgin Mary. At the foot of the cross, also, interestingly, (laughs) the woman acquires a son. The woman acquires a son, the beloved disciple. She acquires a son not through birth, but through death. The death of her son which begins with anguish, but ends in joy. You know, John of the four Gospels, John is the only one that doesn't have an infancy narrative, like the synoptics. This is John's infancy narrative. It begins with a woman and her son at the very beginning, before the hour had come at Cana. It ends with a woman and her son when the hour had come at the foot of the cross. And these two scenes, which stretch out over his gospel, the beginning and the end, converge beautifully in this tiny little parable. Jesus tells his disciples as he prepares them for his death and his going away and the suffering and the trials and the strength of joy that will see them through it all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.